A word before we jump in, this podcast is uncensored and full of spoilers. Consider yourself warned. Takes all over the place. 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 That was perfect. Amazing. Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. I'm Nick, and I have been supporting my mental health by watching nothing but Demo Collins videos, which have inspired this intro. I'm going to start right now, because my quarantine hair has been poor, and you know what? It's fucking frazzled, because you've only got straighteners in here, and you haven't got heat and rollers, and your straighteners are what fucking weirdos use on the hair. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to watch one of my Dodo videos to come back from that moment. Uh, we also have Emma here with us today and Frank. Hello. They're being, oh, there she is. Uh, Nick, what do we talk about this week? I mean, we talked about a lot. We talked about a lot. I mean, obviously, we talked more than any of us wanted. I mean, besides me, about Gemma Collins. And hopefully, Emma will link a video about Gemma Collins because she's quite hilarious. But we also talked about RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, obviously, the past two episodes. We talked about many a documentary, uh, Disclosure, uh, Athlete A, um, the Lance Armstrong one, a moment about the last dance, and then I was obsessed with Upload this week. And then we basically just talked about life in general and what the heck is going on and how we're supposed to deal with all this nonsense. I mean, I feel like stream of consciousness is the best way to cope, and that's certainly how we coped with this episode. <laughs> so I hope you, our listeners, can also cope with it. Yes. Enjoy, Gemstones. I think it's a good one. Are we all recording? I am. Okay, I am. Cool. I just want to make sure that everyone else is upholding the level of professionalism that I am. <laughs> well, since Emma and I have not left our seats in an hour, I don't really think you need to check on us and what we're doing. But... And I do want to, again, apologize for that. Just okay. like I will take Emma time anytime I can get it. That's great. Anytime. Everyone loves it. <laughs> so should we start? just start with some regular, like, throw out some RuPaul things that you felt from the last two episodes of All-Star 5? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, you start. Ready, go. So we've now had two episodes of All Stars to review. Um, and even though only one of us is a Jew, we still feel fully qualified to express our opinions. A la Miss Cracker, who, what are your thoughts on Cracker thus far? You know, I wasn't a huge fan to start. Um, she's all up in her head, and now she's really all up in her head. And it's like coming out her mouth, and it's getting worse. This week, it could have been she a redemption. Come in her mouth? What? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please continue. Even at the end, all she had to say was, they're like, who'd you pick? She should have just said mayhem. She's like, instead she said, I looked deep into my heart and I decided to send home mayhem. It's like, you're taking a dig for no reason. We're trying yeah. to get back on your side. Just say, I'm so sorry. I don't want to send either of you, but it's, I picked mayhem. I'm sending home mayhem. And this was the most, yes, if she has one, because that's been called into question. So this is obviously the most recent episode. And the one prior to that, Mariah Paris Balenciaga, a.k.a. Successful, Successful, a.k.a. Bottom now, because she's coming for Dusty Ray's gig. She said all those things, um, which I loved. I sort of loved that moment. So she went home 
and the episode before last, and then Mayhem obviously went home this week. So your thoughts on Cracker are what? Well, I mean, I just felt the need to ask you because based on a recent BuzzFeed quiz, you are now Miss Cracker. Oh, my God. How dare you bring that up? And Emma didn't even take it. <laughs> she I absolutely did. I times that I'm ashamed of every single one of my answers. <laughs> well, you did not disclose? Hold the phone. Who did you get? I got Cracker. I got Blair India Blair. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which, like, I think we can all agree is the worst possible sandwich ever. <laughs> and then I said, I can't. Get? <laughs> Nick get Shea fucking Kool-Aid. Because no, I came to what? Slay. Um, anyway, we were talking about this week's Drag Race and at the, um, I'm just going to skip around and I'm going to feel good about it unless you tell me not to. Um, we did not get to blast on the three in one looks from last week, which I thought were hilarious. Um, <laughs> and that, uh, that Jujube won in an entire outfit from the Halloween Express. I don't understand at all. Yeah, that's why I think they were just like, so these are the storylines that need to happen. Juju B needs to have a win. There needs to be shock value that's not earned, and we just sort of like supplant in there. There needs to be ties galore if someone is genuinely out lip synced, but we actually wanted the other person to win based on our narrative. It's just like everything feels like it was storyboarded, and most of the queens were just like, okay, so I'm just gonna be like an absolute bitch at all times. Perfect. Done. Into it. Let's do. Let's go. Um, how excited were you to see Miss Monet exchange, though? Monet, oh, she can wear an ice skating outfit and creamsicle anytime. I will watch <laughs> her do anything. I love her so much. She makes. I was just happy to see her. I was like, Juju, you better back it up because Monet is about to shake you down. Well, <laughs> I, I do love that. Like all the queens are just like work the world queens. Um, although I yeah. don't know that. Yeah. So it's just like the greatest lip singers that are currently like on salary for us. But Monet Exchange is one of my favorite queens of all time. Her lip sync against Dusty Ray Bottoms, I think, is the most fun I've had at a lip sync Tommy in recent um, memory. Uh, uh. So good. It was the perfect, it's like what Cracker tried to do, where it was the perfect blend of comedic chops with performance and just like death defying stunts in a way that felt unique and new. Everything can't was phenomenal. you just see Cracker in her apartment being like, I need to learn a somersault. I'm just going to keep doing it until I learn a somersault. I'm just going to somersault and somersault. Katya didn't say, I'm going to become a great gymnast so that I can do this as part of my drag race routine. She just loved gymnastics and took it and it became part of who she is. I feel like Cracker's at home like, coffee grinder. You know what that is when you like sweep the leg around? She did that and then Morgan jumped over it like it was a jump rope. A hopscotch. Hilarious. Skip yeah, it. Good for it Morgan for it. being in the moment. You know what I mean? And Cracker's like, okay, I got to get in. Six coffee grinders, two somersaults, one of my fake half disco split blams. Shabbat shablam, still hilarious. Even yeah. though I'm not on Cracker side anymore, um, even though you but are. But last her. week, my favorite moment was when <laughs> I'm going to let that slide because you are Blair St. Clair. Um, I am Shay fucking Kool Aid. I will not be besmirched in this way. <laughs> last week, when they were getting ready for the challenge, and Juju B is working with India Farah and Alexis Mateo, she says, "How come nobody told me it was like Uncanny Hat Day?" I feel really left out. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best moment of the whole episode. And when Juju turned to the camera after Lexus and Tay, I was like, I know it's hard to understand. It's my second language. And she's like, second language, bitch. She's been talking all day. You're like. <laughs> and Juju B is my favorite part of this entire season. Everything she says is gold. She knows how to work it. She's not being inauthentic. She is being overtly bitchy whenever, but you don't actually hate her for it because you're just like, oh, man, like you sucked. I'm going to say that you sucked because you sucked. 
And I also voted for you because you sucked, as I previously, I thought, mentioned very clearly, but I guess you thought our friendship would supersede, like, just judgment and my ability to see things that are not of an appropriate quality. Um, and so that's where we are. And she just says it in a way that's just so matter-of-fact and without any sort of superfluous shade, just like, this is a moment that warrants being come for, so I'm going to come for you. It's going to be hilarious. We're going to move on because that's what I say, and it's my opinion. And then she'll look in the camera just like, <laughs> okay. Agreed. She's been a delight. She's growing on me. I know at the beginning of the season you were like, Juju, and I was like, me, I love vagina, and then I was like, mistake. But um, <laughs> I'm wondering this week when Mayhem just broke. You know what I mean? Because she was all like, I'm going to vote Shay out. I'm going to win this thing. And then she was like, I'm not actually in a bad mood, Michelle. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I'm voting for myself. Bye. You're like, what happened? Why did I you know. break Mayhem? And you were a fan of Mayhem and still are, I'm assuming. Or did I'm that change? I'm guessing that just like Morgan turned it out on the stage, like somebody who's been out working five nights a week for 10 yeah. years. You know, I feel like Morgan had that. She has the confidence. She really looks like she's lip syncing. She has her craft down. My guess is that that's actually who Mayhem is and that Morgan is able to bring that to the, the video, even though Mayhem can't. Um, and she just seems lovable. I just like her. But then I, you know, I also don't like it when you quit, but I also be like, fuck this drag. I'm out of here. Um, so I want to say Blair's look, I thought was fucking fantastic. But again, did not meet the assignment. I think Cracker turned it the fuck out, though. Did she look exactly like Ariana Grande meets Jan? A hundred percent. Did she look more just like actually Jan? Yes. I'm going to go with the crazy haired girl from Modern Family and say she looked like a Destiny <laughs> Child reboot. And I've seen that outfit. I do love Sarah. Maybe I you're not a survivor. I'm, a I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to work harder. Oh. Oh. Anyway, I've seen that outfit. I'm mad at Cracker. There's that like a side when she turns to Shea and she's like, I don't know if you know my know me well enough to know my intentions. I'm like, that is backdoor manipulation. Stop. Yeah. And then, hey Blair, are you and Alexis conspiring against me? Yeah, bitch. We all hate you. We're openly conspiring against you. Oh my Why God. are you Juju's making this face. awkward? <laughs> Juju's face wouldn't have to put up with shouldn't have Oh my god. She loved it. She was in the middle of that match. She was like, yes, yes. <laughs> Well, and she came off super, like, the thing I love about Jujubee is, like, you know the producers every moment are, like, whispering, hey, ask them if they're conspiring. And people like Cracker are like, are you conspiring? And then Jujubee is just like, okay, I'm going to take this note. I'm going to actually just do things that are funny that you, like, actually have to put in the show because otherwise it would just be absolutely dry drivel. And maybe I'll include some of your prompts. Maybe I won't. I don't care. I mean, Cracker is so in outer space right now, she couldn't even genuinely enjoy winning. When she, like, melts before them, you're like, this is so performative. Where And I feel bad for her. That disconnect between her heart and her head, maybe that's what you need to be on TV, but you just won. You won $20,000. You won. It's great. And she's just like... Uh, I'm sure she just reminds me of myself, but... Uh. And see, here's the thing. I like Miss Cracker before All Stars 5, and then after episode three, I like Cracker again. Like, I've always been a fan of Cracker. I see the hate, and I think it's justified. But, like, my head and my heart aren't linked. And, like, my head says no, but my body says yes. If Holy you want to be with me, I'm a genie in a bottle. You got to rub me the right way. 
Um, the only part I found endearing about Cracker is when she was in her painting jumpsuit and she went, she did the little cute dance moves. This challenge was garbage. This was total garbage. Absolute trash. Yeah. I watched it because I listened and I watched a couple of recaps and listened to things and people loved it. I was like, is it me? Did I miss something? Then I watched it again. I'm like, nope, garbage. Emma and I were thinking, let's think of some challenges they could do that they might be good at. I want them all to succeed. I do not want to watch them fail again and again and again and again. Between the, the hotel rooms and the CMZ, other than them being the boy, boy CMZs, they were really funny as that. <laughs> I hated that part. Is like, we're garbage. And uh, Mayhem's like, that's really misogynistic. But Mayhem <laughs> makes a great, terrifying straight guy. When she was Kanye in the fashion show, I mean, she's just good. She- what were the challenges that you thought of? Uh, like a design challenge, like a book ball or something like that, where they could make clothes yeah. and they don't have mm-hmm. to. Like season three. Season three was all design. Why does it have to be all or nothing? And why can't you provide I them know. with lines? And Yeah, you know. or just like, you know, doing the scripted acting challenge was yeah. like to see them learn lines and then like whether or not they can pull it off. Like interior decorating, absolutely yeah. never need to see drag queens try to do that. And then the CMZ was only more entertaining because it was marginally more entertaining than than doing in. <laughs> right, I, I rewatched the Beverly Hills 90210 Ho challenge. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, even Aja, who is awful, is like iconic to watch mm-hmm. as her thing. And poor Nina Bonina Brown, you know, with her, where the cool kids? Ain't they scoop? No, where are the cool kids at the school? Oh, okay, where the cool kids? Ain't they scoop? And they're, they're like, I don't think she likes us. You're like, she doesn't. <laughs> but and, that challenge was great. And Shay yeah. blew it out of the water. And yeah. What we've had a lot of recently are singing challenges. Drag queens are people who notoriously mime on stage. Like they lip sync on stage. And you're having them judged based on their singing abilities. I don't see the disconnect. Bring Charlie Hydes in because everyone in London <sighs> sings. And that's why she couldn't perform to Britney Spears. I rewatched season nine this week and eight. Um, <laughs> and man, season nine is filled with a lot of punchable queens. Charlie Hyde during that reunion is one of the most tragic things I've ever seen. And then I Valentina have... has lost her complete mind. I'm sorry if me fans do not call you. And I am sorry if you feel like that, then text me, Farron. But it was oh. also fucking iconic. The entire oh, yeah. moment. When Charlie Hydes was just like, well, I broke a rib and I also had dysentery. I contracted cholera on the way there. I lost both kidneys and they were actually under my slip. If you look very closely, you can see that I'm actually stepping on them. It was quite painful. I had gangrene had- on my vagina. I had anal bleaching in the morning. Um, I pulled a full soju and had a cyst, but my cyst, I had two cysts. I had three cysts. I had a triumvirate of cysts. It was just all of ancient Rome up in my hoo-ha just oozing. I was doing an internal um, reading of it, and you really couldn't tell. I was, like, masturbating on the inside and channeling um, my Britney. Oh, while you were gone, we watched the Britney Instagram of her showing you how she stays so fit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she, wait. She is trapped in time. She is trapped in, in <laughs> wait, whatever wait. stunted time. Yes. Have you okay. seen Have you seen her um, address to LGBTQIA people? No. Let me let me share my. Can, is it on Instagram? Is it on? It's on Instagram, and she's just like, I, "There's got to be a transcript because what she says is just so batshit crazy." 
I know. What do you think happened? You think just all, she's just like super medicated and like, yeah. I mean, she is stunted in her nineties persona. She doesn't, she doesn't even have legal custody of herself anymore. No, she still doesn't. No, she doesn't have her kids. She doesn't have herself. It's truly tragic, but she's also just burned down her gym with a candle. So, so, Let's talk about my favorite bits. First of all, her outfit. I love that. First of all, her boyfriend interrupted, and then she was just like, this take is perfect. Let's do it. And here's the thing. I love Britney Spears. Growing up, I was always more Christina Aguilera than Britney Spears. I think just to be like... <sighs> but she like she also said more for the people in the LGBT community home than any like than most other stars. Like, she's just authentic and it's just like, yeah, I love gay people. Yes. And then someone came for her because she was wearing a mask in a photo. And they were like, well, you don't have to do that if it's someone you're staying with. And she was like, um, millions of people are going to be looking at this and they need to set an example. And so I was like, yes, go off, Brittany. Fuck yeah, Brittany. It's amazing, Brittany. Love you, Brittany. I will give you the best night of your life. <laughs> well, and then she's just like, you do so much to articulate. And I'm just like, that's me. <laughs> That's me. Because, like, what do what do gay men do? Talk. And what do they talk about? Themselves. And then they do articulate. And then um, she loved, but she, she just has so much love in her heart. And she loves so much. She of her. does. I honestly, like, that whole thing I still thought was V-sweet. And, I, I mean, I love the thing that she said at the LGBT community. Because, honestly, that sounds like a great place to party. Where it's just, like, we're all in a community where we're helping each other. Like, it's a specific place. <laughs> like, yes, let's go to the LGBT community center. <laughs> she does seem to have a very sweet heart. Yes. I Even though she cheated on Justin Timberlake with Wade Robson. Fuck Justin Timberlake. He was an asshole, though. I never side with the man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> tried to watch the Epstein documentary hoping that it would be like an episode of SVU and we'd see how we get him caught but it isn't it's just so many people sharing these horrendous stories of what he did to them and I'd already seen the SVU episode loosely based on it so I felt like (laughs) I'd had enough of that um but I did watch Disclosure have you guys watched that yet yes I just watched it last night it was so good why don't you what what I I just loved it I love I just loved it so much. If you haven't seen it yet, it's about the experience of trans people in the world and just painfully bit by bit showing you the erasure and the treatment and how it's all happened through the media. And it made so much sense and it made me so sad and I felt so educated and so glad to have seen it. And so they're showing like, you know, just the representation that's been there. And if you're a child who's a trans person, there's no one in your family that's trans you have no teachers, no no anybody to identify with, only movies and media that show you that they're only sex workers, they're only being murdered, and then surprise, surprise, that's what's happening. And then I remember seeing the crying game in the theater, which you two are too young for, but when I you do remember. find out well, you weren't in the theater because you were probably like a fetus, but okay. um, the big surprise, don't tell anybody, is that it's a boy, right? And then yeah. they show his genitals and then the guy throws up. And then that that is like a constant 
people reach down there and find out you have a penis and then it's so disgusting. You as a trans person are so disgusting that I have to go throw up. I mean, it's just insane. It's just crazy. And then to see the level of acceptance that's coming. I mean, I just felt it's such a well done documentary. It's a struggle in the first 45 minutes, which it should be just to really deal with it. But gosh, I felt, I felt so, I'm so grateful to have seen it. That's how I felt when it was over. I'm guessing you felt the same way too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it felt so education. Like it just, it, it made you look at, you know, TV and movies, especially movies from, for the entire history of film and see exactly where, you know, trans people and especially trans people of color have been marginalized and made seem like this other and what that othering does to how society then like turns it back on them, you know, that it's when, and it, and it, what it's, when it talked about the like eighties and nineties, when it's, you know, men playing trans characters and we're starting to see some trans representation in film and media and film and TV, but then like, it's still heterosexual men playing trans characters. Like, what happens in the film and gets to be totally removed from the existence of like, Oh, it's okay. It's just, it's a man. So like this, this character portrayal still doesn't echo into reality in the same way as it does that. Like, you know, Laverne Cox is obviously a very prominent figure throughout the whole thing. And then at the end, like, you know, her getting to be a character and then also just a trans actress (laughs) and like those being the same thing. (laughs) So many chips. (laughs) I know, Nick. You got to mute your chip talk. We're having like this deep discussion about trans representation. Wait, I, you're like, <laughs> wait, I thought I, I thought I turned off my microphone. You did not, but you're adorable. We're having I mean, this, yeah, you, you probably everything. stopped recording yourself, but you didn't mute like the Skype ability to hear you. <laughs> Our conversation was beautifully said, and I thought <laughs> I turned off my microphone so no one could hear me. I'm like trying to get the chat function working. Like Nick, can you hear your chips? It's fine. It's real. It's who we are. It's fine. Oh my! It does make sense that the last message in our Skype chat was Nick is the center of the world. Um, I'll mute it now. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. I literally thought I ended that, and I was just watching it as if like this beautiful and passionate person was talking, and I know her, and I really want to eat some chips while I watch. I just, I really hope your recording's still happening. <laughs> is now the thing I'm worried about. I'm like, yeah, what so did check, you turn off? <laughs> check your audible. So here's, okay. Um, no. So here's what happened. <laughs> I turned off my microphone, so I didn't record on Audacity. <laughs> but you both could still hear it. Um, but it didn't affect the recording. <laughs> so, like, I experienced a lot of hate because I was a woman growing up. So I feel like I could have become trans, and now no one should be able to come trans. By my books, they're called Harry Potter. And the other woman uh, from Parliament or whatever who's backing her up. I just, that disconnect uh, of what does my body and who who I identify as, how does that affect you? Why does that challenge your womanhood, your manhood, your conception of yourself? Yeah. What do you care? I and mean, also, like, look at, so, like, look at Hollywood as far as, like, just the disclosure thing. Hillary Swank, Jared Leto. If you play a transgender person, you get an Oscar. If you're trans in real life, you get murdered. And, well, and if, if you, you saw the documentary, they discussed that and how Jared they? Leto, when he goes up to win, is very male presenting and just a lot. People that are cut out of Boys Don't Cry, there was a very important person of color in her life who was also murdered in his life, excuse me, that's completely cut out of the movie. It's just crazy. Well, and it's but just I, like, if you hire people like, and granted, I 
realize that I'm interrupting two people who have seen the movie and discussing my own thoughts as someone who has not <laughs> seen the movie. Feels very white mansplaining about this moment. Who... And Sajani. so, like, which is true. And so, I will now withdraw. No, come back. You're allowed okay. to have an opinion, just not so, about the movie. I just feel like when you hire, there's all this question of like, it should be the best person who gets the role and like gay people shouldn't be tra- played by, the gay characters don't have to be played by gay people or trans characters don't have to be by, played by trans people. And if there's any role, Scarlett Johansson should just have it. And it's like, when you hire people like Laverne Cox um, and India Moore, like Pose, you are hiring people who are going to be advocates for the community, who are going to not only lift up trans voices just because they're playing that character, but they're also going to utilize their platform and the money that they earn from that role to continue to build up their society and their community of trans people. And that's something you don't get. Like, it's it's a great win for... It used to be like if you played a gay character, you're going to get an Oscar because it's just like, oh, my God, you had to push yourself to that disgusting realm where you had to kiss another man as a man. <laughs> Here's an award. And then, oh, my God, Kate Kate Winslet didn't win until she played. And it's also it's sort of like the, the joke when she played um, a character in Extras. Remember that show, Extras? It was on British Ricky TV Gervais. with Ricky Gervais. And the joke was um, all you have to do is play a Jewish character and you'll win an Oscar. And what did Kate Winslet finally win for? The Reader. But once again, then you get into that question of, but if Scarlett Johansson doesn't do the movie, then the movie doesn't get made. So that's like tough. And then you have to be, as Scarlett Johansson, you have to say, I'll come on board, I think, as the supporting character, and I'm going to support this person being the actual lead of this movie, you know? Or if you're going to come on board, you come on board and say, these are my diversity requirements. I'm going to need all these other people in all positions from grip, from crew, from craft services, from makeup. Say it, great Dr. (laughs) Greg. (laughs) Exactly. It needs to look like the rest of my outside world. Yeah. Um, And I absolutely did that from Ellen Popeye when she was like, um, you know, it is our problem because we created it. And that did resound to me. And Maybe it shouldn't have been fucking Dr. Meredith Grey that had that really hit hard, but it was. It was just like, as a white person, all of this is my problem because white people have created this. And for the people who are like, well, I mean, I didn't own a plantation. I didn't do this stuff. It's like, if black people in particular, for example, are still experiencing the effects of slavery 400 years later, then as a white person, I am still reaping the benefits of slavery 400 years later. And for that reason, it is my problem. It is my burden to correct. And what a gift. A documentary that, and, and I'm spoiled, and you know, I have my privilege, but a documentary that gives me humanity and humor, I'm like in, you know what I mean? It just, I was open, I was ready for an education. I know it's the tip of the iceberg, right? It's this little baby two hour documentary, but I, I'm so grateful that they made it and that I got to watch it and I felt just, I, I hope everyone will watch it. And it's on Netflix for God's sake. You're gonna have to pay for it. It'll be highly entertaining. And back to what you were saying about hiring the trans actor. I saw Candace Kane on a couple terrible episodes of SVU, but I gotta tell you what, there's one bad actor in all those. She grew. The more acting jobs she got, the better she is. She's great on Dirty Sexy Money, you know? Whatever. I loved it. I loved it. And then, I'm just going to keep babbling unless, uh, well, I just will. Um, then I watched Cracking Up, Cracked Up, which is the Daryl Hammond documentary. Mm-hmm. You know Daryl Hammond from Saturday Night Live? Yeah. So I knew he had had, like, drug and alcohol problems, but he had been in a mental institution many, many times over. And then gets diagnosed with um, bipolar and schizoaffective disorder, possibly. Gets medicated, blah, blah, blah. 
finally gets to like his 10th mental hospital. And it turns out he's just a survivor, not just, he's a survivor of childhood trauma and sort of how that takes a hold of you. And it is another super painful documentary to watch, but so freeing at the end from anybody who has any PTSD or any trauma in your past. You're just like, oh, this is what trauma creates. This is amazing. So he's had all these misdiagnoses. He's just really had this horrendous trauma thrust upon him. But to watch him finally begin to heal after, you know, I think he's 50 now. So good. I just love a well-made documentary that teaches me something. And I walk out of it thinking I learned something. I can better myself through it. I can be a better advocate. So I would highly recommend both of those documentaries. Although Cracked Up is much more depressing. Oh, God. It's terrible. <laughs> If the man has been through Wong it. had gotten to see Daryl Hammond. Do not even start with me. I love Phoebe Wong so <laughs> much I can't stand it. I had to listen to Judy Gold's he podcast because she had BD Wong on. Oh. Do you know how much I love BD Wong? Because I do. I love him so much. He is amazing on SVU. And when he goes away, I am so sad. Then there's an episode with a serial killer and he and Stabler in the interrogation room. And he's like, Elliot, Elliot, get away from that table. And the next thing you know, his head's being smashed against the wall. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I love that. I love BD Wong. I love him. He, he like for a while was my archetype for like the perfect husband. I was oh. like, he is, first of all, Me he's too. very attractive oh. and he is very mild mannered. And he also has such a decisiveness where he knows exactly what's happening at all times, but it doesn't feel like showboaty. It's sort of this omniscience, but this humility as well that I was like, <laughs> he can handle me. <laughs> and he's had all that therapy training from when he was Dr. Wong on SVU. Precisely. So it's just like BD Wong. <laughs> Do you make house calls? <laughs> Well, do you guys know who Judy Gold is? Yes. So she's a, Emma's shaking her head, maybe it's tall, 90s Jewish comedian, lesbian. She has her own talk show or a podcast and she has BD Wong on and she's, you know, she's just me. She's really loud and overbearing and talking. And then, you know, BD's like, you could settle down a little bit right now. Like I can't even <laughs> respond to this energy. And her, the name of her podcast is Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. So if you need a hit of BD Wong in your life, Please check out his two-part interview on Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. So not to go back to super depressing fare, but another great documentary to watch is Athlete A. And oh. Athlete A is about the Larry Nasser scandal. And it focuses... I watched the HBO one. Did you watch that one? Yes. Okay, so you can tell me the difference because I haven't watched Athlete A yet. So, yes, the HBO one talks about all the people throughout history who have spoken up against Larry Nasser and were silenced simply because the gymnastics machine is built on oppression and silence so they can produce these athletes and create medals and children, because these are children. Like, the peak age for gymnastics is 16, and they're considered disposable. And you're taught to power through injuries. You're taught not to speak up about injuries or personal pain or any emotions. And so what happens? First of all, these children go through absolute hell. But then it also provides the opportunity for a pedophile or an abuser like Larry Nasser to flourish. Because they feed on the silence and they're able to perpetuate their grooming techniques to earn these people's trust. So Athlete A is about Maggie Nichols. So she is one of the first people... Um, to bring it up and actually get traction and bring it up to USA Gymnastics because there were people before that her, obviously. Um, 
but it goes to show that like so many people didn't speak up for so long because they were afraid in the super competitive and the gymnastics capital of the world they were afraid that it would diminish their ability to get onto the national team. And that's exactly what happens with Maggie Nichols. She made it to the world's team in 2015 before the Rio Olympics and then was left off the team, including the alternates, despite being one of the best gymnasts in the country, presumably because she spoke up against Larry Nasser and brought her coach involved and brought this to the USA Gymnastics team and they tried to silence her. So it's an interesting perspective in this just super pervasive scandal, like one of the biggest fucking scandals in sports ever. And this is another story about it. So I tried to watch it. The music was too like, this is very dramatic. Something terrible is happening, but we're still feminine women. I'm like, is this endless soundtrack? I just couldn't take it. But if you tell me it's good, I'm back. Well, I will, I will say that I am just someone who, what, like, my two major sports are women's tennis and women's gymnastics. So I have no just, clue. I don't think anyone's ever heard you talk about your love of tennis before or gymnastics. <laughs> Kim Kleister. The fire exit door. I'm off. Kim Kleister. I'm off. This disrespect. Babe. Um, Shut up! Babe! Um, so I don't know if anyone knows this about me. So I'm obviously, like, full tilt, super into it. Um... But I will say that, yeah, a, a lot of the musical cues and a lot of those moments are a little overbearing. But I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, we're talking about sports documentaries now. Uh, the Lance Armstrong one that was just on ESPN, wow. He's a major D-bag, really working on it. But wow, I was obsessed with Lance Armstrong. I thought he was so hot and such like an arrogant little shit, and then he lost his ball, and he was still amazing, and he's like, I'm not doing Greg Lamont go fuck himself, I hate everybody, and then he's like, oh, just kidding, I do it the whole time. <laughs> but now he's like older and really reckoning with it and trying to have some self-awareness around it. But he's not there yet, wow. He is just open <laughs> to just showing his male douchery. Highly recommend that one if you like a little Lance Armstrong action. Woo, terrifying. Nick is muted, so I'm guessing he needed a chip break. But yeah, I, I did get the love- ESPN because uh, I still haven't seen the Michael Jordan documentary. Oh my god, what I are heard- you doing with your life? <laughs> I mean, during the height of the pandy, that was something to live for. Mm-hmm. Two episodes every Sunday, so you can just watch that whenever you want. Um, I do so have. Good. I do have ESPN Plus back from because like they would only ever air tennis on ESPN Plus. Obviously, tennis doesn't exist anymore, but I think you can watch it on ESPN Plus. Yes. Have you seen Instagram videos of Serena and her daughter dancing and dressing up like Belle from Beauty and the Beast and um, some other Disney character from Tangled? Oh my God! First of all, Serena Williams can sing. Of course, she can. She can do everything. <laughs> but they are—they're both dressed up in the beautiful little Belle yellow dress. Dancing around the living room, singing hello, hello. Oh my gosh, Serena are, can do no wrong. Serena for president. Let's go. Seriously, I mean, I will say this: I fucking love Serena Williams more than most other things. Except, if I'm going to pick a presidential candidate, it is going to be Venus Williams. And here's why: <laughs> Venus Williams, Serena Williams is an exceptional person who is a major victor, but. Venus Williams took all the work of everyone before her and finalized equal pay at Roland Garros and Wimbledon for women 
very recently, like fucking very recently in the 2000s. And she has been such a fucking benefactor and such a proponent for women's rights in sports that I think she would make an exceptional leader. Serena Williams is still amazing and does everything well. And those videos are the cutest things I've ever fucking seen, especially when you see the male tennis players are constantly being so fucking reckless and so fucking selfish. And do you want to... Here's a little window. So, Novak Djokovic, um, the number one tennis player in the world, considered, like, the third best tennis player to ever live after Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. He (laughs) decided to have this, you need to wake the fuck up because I have some thoughts. He decided to hold this Adria tour because he was like, the pandemic's over, it's fine. And this is after he's been using his platform to promote the pseudoscientist who believes that, like... vaccines don't matter and Novak has also been like yeah no vaccines I would have to think really hard about vaccinating my family because I don't believe in them and anyway he holds this tennis tour nearly everyone who participates gets diagnosed with COVID and Novak (laughs) (laughs) so Novak (laughs) so Grigor Dimitrov Borna Koric, both top 30 tennis players. Novak Djokovic. Grigor Ivanisevic, who was a very big player in the 90s, who's also Novak... Goran Ivanisevic was a big player. Yes. Same person? Same person. He's like my age. He's old. Correct. He's not old, but he's your age. Um, Good catch. That was a long break, but good job. Goran Ivanisevic is still playing tennis? No, he's Novak's Novak's coach. Ah! Yes. (laughs) And so Novak completely left, like the tournament was canceled. Everyone in the crowd was not wearing masks. So Novak flies back to Serbia before getting tested with everyone else. And it's just an absolute clusterfuck. And then the people who mercifully did not contract COVID, many of them were just at this party in Croatia and Snapchat videos showed that here are these people who are like tail between their legs, basically their agents saying, say you're going to self-quarantine for 14 days and you're taking this seriously. They tweet that. And then mere four days later, they're partying surrounded by people who are not wearing masks at this like bar scene. And it's just like to see the difference between the female players and this male egocentric bullshit just shows you the differences between the male and female gender and how one is superior to the other. And it's not what you think. It's fucking women. And it's just science. Well, that's exactly what I think. So it was what I thought. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm speaking to just society as a whole. Okay. I feel so the need to mansplain your Novak doesn't, doesn't like musicals? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Like, he doesn't want to sing along to... I'm saying... There goes a thinking with this face, like, always... Na, 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 na. I'm saying that they probably would for the Insta, and then later it would be revealed that they had COVID and exposed that child to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Your story is Larry Wilmore on, and they went. Yes. There. Like, he, he did a great riff on several Disney movies and just how problematic, like, <laughs> Belle from Beauty and the Beast falling in love with her captor. Yes. Uh, and living in Stockholm a Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> What'd you and say? All their people agreed to, agreed to be their butlers even when they were turned into candles <laughs> and things. Basically, everyone's got Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> There it is. I was trying to think, and I was like, Scandinavian syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. Yes. Oh, John they Wilmer all have health care. <laughs> or like Ariel from Little Mermaid, how she, you know, sees a guy once, falls in love with him, disfigures herself so that she can fall off there. 
Did you say the gay experience at any club? It's like, that's what you do. It's like, my feet are blistering and bleeding because of all... Because I'm not wearing socks to complete this outfit, but there's a cute guy on the dance floor, so I'm going to continue until my feet fucking fall off. Am I aerial? Probably. Did I seal the deal? No, because my friends took me away because I was, quote unquote, too reckless. All right. What kind of excuse is that? Listen to the evil drag queen. She was right all along. Yes. Oh, that's right. Ursula, the evil drag queen. AKA Divine. Yeah, but it's not. Who's playing her in the live action? Or did that already happen? It's like Queen Latifah or something. Do we have time for me to tell you about one other show I watched this week? Because I am out of SVUs. Please. I guess we're not going as long as I thought. It was that one hour pre-show that we did. (laughs) Yeah. We've been talking for a long time, but we haven't been recording that long. (laughs) Well, I feel like we've been talking forever. I'm like, it's been two hours, but we've only been recording for one. Um, I'm sorry. It's fine. I totally enjoyed it. I just don't want to be incessant. And now you've muted yourself again. How many chips do you have? (laughs) The whole bag. We all cope in our own fucking ways, Julie. (laughs) Well, I got home from a very tiring event, and I was like, I just need to eat for like an hour, and I forgot I had bought a pandemic box of cereal that I hid from myself in case we really needed food, and I ate a whole box of cinnamon toast crunch without any milk, and it was awesome. Uh, but I watched Upload on Amazon Prime. Have you guys watched that? Uh-uh. I, it's enjoyable. It's definitely like the Matrix plus a rom-com, rom-com plus some sort of representation that doesn't work out correctly, but... Um, I think you would really like it, but you have your choice, you know, instead of dying, you can upload right before you die Mm. into like a cloud, into a virtual reality. And then if you have enough money, you can go to this really nice place. Or if you don't have as much money, you go somewhere else. And then while you're there, you have to spend money to get things done. So like if you wanted to switch up with your eating or if you wanted more uh, taste buds than just sweet and salty, like if you wanted umami and bitter, you have to pay extra money. Uh, and then you have an angel, like a controller who sort of helps you through this world. And this one angel starts to fall in love with this one client and vice versa. It's really sweet. And then you're watching it, You're like, wow, this is so great. There's so much diversity. There's, you know, black people, brown people, Asian people, everybody. But then you pull back even further and you're like, oh, they're all in the service area. There aren't any people of color living in the fancy VR world, but they're all the people doing the work. But she's still the star of the show. I don't know. I just feel like my brain, in a great way, has really opened up to say, do I like the show? Yes. Did it touch my heart in ways? Of course it did. Now let's pull back a little bit further and see if it really matches with what I want out of something. And they're, like, almost there. They're trying really hard. Um, there's lots of there's, – there's also a whodunit. Like, he, he may have been killed. Uh, and so, I don't know. I really liked it. But I want it. I want everything to be so much more right now. I want everything that I'm going to talk about being great, you know, to be great. So it's very yeah. sweet. Uh, he's a white douchey guy. She's an amazing woman. It's really interesting. For <laughs> That's just like, like society me, right now. <laughs> who has like panic attacks about death. It, it was definitely yeah. triggering for me. There were a couple of anxiety attacks of like, oh, my God. But once I got passed through, through there and socioeconomics and where the future's headed, um, so thought-provoking, but still rom-commy and very sweet. Anna Who Done It. Now, if we could have just gotten a couple of people of color, places of power, that would be awesome. Yeah. So definitely on the right track, right? It's not just an all-white show. So we're on our way. What platform is this on? Amazon Prime. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Hi>. It's just, <laughs> it's just, 
it's just so fitting that a show about the capitalism following you into the afterlife being on Amazon. <laughs> right. Good for you, uh, yes. I had a take. I had a take, and it was hot. It was. Ooh, and your I phone, also... Your phone becomes part of your hand, so you, like, open up and make an L, just like Brittany did earlier, but you make an L with your finger, and your phone screen is right there. And wow. You close it with and the then there's L people on trains already wearing masks because... Sorry, what, Nick? Sorry, I was singing um, All Star, <laughs> um, where they talk like, about... Hey, now, like, you're an All Star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey, now, yes. <laughs> um, remember that song with, like, with her finger and her thumb with the shape of an L on her forehead? Oh, the years start coming and they don't stop coming, which... <laughs> After the room and we'll hit the ground running. Did it make sense not to live for fun? Your head gets smart, but your head gets dumb. What? That's all I know. But I will say that, hey like, now, the years star. stop coming and they don't stop coming. It's so hard right now. What was that, uh, chip bag? What? The, did you call me shit bag or chip bag? Bag of Could have been either. Which one hits? Oh, bag of chips. Much better. Much better. So, um, the, the years stop coming... The years start coming and they don't stop coming is like hits super hard right now where it's just like, oh, now, see, I say I should just turn. See, before when we recorded in person, I would just stare straight ahead and ignore both of you because I was like, it's just me. And now I have to look at both of your faces constantly. And whenever I start a sentence, it's just like, is this where it's, it's going to go? It's going to go. And then you glaze over and then I have to finish my fucking thought. And both of you are just like, no, sorry, not about it. All right, well, we have not done gemstones in a while, which is sad and disappointing, and there's no one to blame except me, maybe Nick, possibly Emma, <laughs> definitely not Frank. So I'm going to say let's lump the last two weeks of All-Stars together into one gemstone score. Okay. I'm going to write mine on my hand with my finger so that I know that we're not cheating. Sure. <laughs> I, hope you right. will, I hope you two will do the same. I'm going to write mine. Let's both write ours in the chat and send it at the same time. All three of us. Emma gets a score. What I say, one both of us? One score for two episodes. Yes. One score so two. both of them combined, right? I think they're at the same level of crap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're each right. typing, and then are we ready with our scores? Mm -hmm. I am ready. Okay. Three, two. Emma, are you ready? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, cent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Emma was oh. fucking brutal. Julie, the kindest of the group, said 71. Nick said a respectable 68. And Emma loading it up with a 40. Bam. Bam. I'm Trash. I'm my gemstones on compared to the other episodes. Or not compared to the other episodes. Compared to everything else I watch. Like, I still get super excited to watch All-Stars. I'd still rather watch a shitty episode of All-Stars as opposed to a shitty episode of anything else. So mm -hmm. I did go a little high. Emma, would you like to explain your 40? <laughs> I just Trixie felt like... and Katya, who are both listening. I felt like, well, especially with the hotel room challenge, I just was like, what are we watching? Why are we watching this many minutes of, you know, drag queens doing something that is not a skill that any of them need to have? 
and neither like none of them are doing it well it's not like it just was such a terrible terrible challenge and then uh i thought the fact that rupaul called the teams was a a overproduced bullshit setup wow (laughs) yes queen yes like obviously you want to send either india or mayhem home here because that's why you're putting them on a team together because they're clearly at the bottom right now and it's like i don't know just felt felt was not into it (laughs) Wow. Nick, Correct. Tell us about your 68. So here's my 68. It's very similar uh, rationale to Emma. I've just become the nicer sibling recently, I guess. Um, so it just, so the design challenge was absolute bullshit. It's like if you're going to design something, design like a stage, design like uh, a dress. Like, yeah. Design a dress, design a stage, design like a moment, design a song, like design a performance, designing women, like design anything besides a fucking hotel room. And then the second episode that GMZ went on for so long, it was like 20 fucking minutes of just bullshit that could have been edited into a funny six minutes. And then also um, the hotel challenge when Blair won and Mayhem won, but then Jujube actually won, was just like, <laughs> ah, producers, producers. Why couldn't they just say that, that uh, Blair and uh, Mayhem were safe? Right? Bye. Right. I know. That room strange. did not win. That, like, that room did not win. That's just, that's, that's not true. And that challenge, none of us won. Yeah. Well, you know and who won GMZ was Ross Matthews, because he's always the funniest one. <laughs> he was hilarious as the GMZ cameraman, and Carson was so funny as the guy you hate, who's a Trump supporter from TMZ. Um, so, yeah, those two really showed it out, I thought. Yeah. Too bad. Too bad. So sad. So um, fucking sad. Anything else we need to gemstone? Who are you going to go on Disclosure, 100 gemstones. I was going to say, Nick, <laughs> you haven't seen it yet, but I definitely am going to go like 99. It was really, it felt important and great to watch. And I'm so grateful that I did and glad I learned so much and just makes you want to learn more and be a better advocate and ally for trans people of color, trans people, period, people of color, everybody. You're just like, education really does work. <laughs> it just makes yeah. you feel... <laughs> being more informed it didn't shame me for what i didn't know it just opened me up to learning new things and i'm so excited about it mm-hmm. now do i need to watch it again so i can remember all of them yes probably yep probably i feel uh, like we probably sure. need to study it <laughs> yeah totally it's we've had such a tiny little mm-hmm. biscuit of truth about trans people <laughs> just, just a wee a little, biscuit <laughs> to wee biscuit uh, i think I that's think it that's right? a, yeah Nick, anything else you want to talk about? How many gemstones like, do you give the current state of tennis? <laughs> yeah, or, or athlete, yeah, athlete A. Oh, yeah. um, so women's tennis, the current state of it, um, just in like, I'm not basing it on now versus pre-coronavirus, just women's tennis in general. I give 98 gemstones. I feel like the women tennis players have been exceptional. They recently had a tournament in Charleston that was full social distancing. All practices were handled. None of them tested positive for coronavirus. There were no fans in the stands. Absolutely beautiful. What I would give the state of men's tennis right now in the ATP is two gemstones. (laughs) It has been absolute trash, and I'm appalled by the governing bodies in charge of that. It has been horrific, and it has been an absolute slap in the face to everyone who is fighting to keep this virus contained. So, as always, women get 98 gemstones, men get two. 
So many things to watch. I hope you guys have time. Takes All Over the Place is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank.